So you're an attorney and you've decided to go out on your own. Now what? You need a plan and you're not alone. Join expert host Adriana Linares and her distinguished guests on New Solo. Tune into the lively conversation as they share insights and information about how to successfully run your law firm here on Legal Talk Network. Hi, everyone. It's time for another episode of New Solo on Legal Talk Network. I'm Adriana Linares, your host. I'm a legal technology trainer and consultant. I help lawyers and law firms use technology better. Before we get started, we want to thank our sponsors. Thanks to our sponsor, Ross Intelligence, the legal research platform that leverages AI to get to the heart of legal issues fast. Go to rossintelligence.com for a 14-day free trial. We want to make sure and thank Alert Communications for sponsoring this episode. If any law firm is looking for call, intake, or retainer services available 24-7, 365, just call 866-827-5568. I want to make sure and thank Clio and check out Clio's Daily Matters podcast featuring valuable perspectives on legal in the COVID-19 era. Listen to Daily Matters at clio.com forward slash daily or wherever you subscribe to podcasts. LawClerk is where attorneys go to hire freelance lawyers. Visit lawclerk.legal to learn how to increase your productivity and your profits by working with talented freelance lawyers. Well, I have a very talented non-lawyer as my guest today. Hey, Conrad. Hey there, Adriana. Do you hate the term non-lawyer? Um, no, I actually really like it. I think the fact that I'm not a lawyer rubs some people the wrong way. But I also think my kind of academic training outside of the legal industry has been super valuable. I think many people in the marketing world tend to either be lawyers who have become marketers or kind of nerdy people who've become marketers. And frankly, the business perspective on legal marketing is really lacking in many cases. <laughs> I agree. Well, I don't mind the term non-lawyer. And every once in a while, I see people getting in a Twitter fight over the use of the term. Is it somehow derogatory to those of us who are not lawyers? I don't care. You can call me a non-lawyer. As a matter of fact, I have a password somewhere that's like, proud non-lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> Well, but I think here's the thing. When you hang out with people who are like-minded, you te- I mean, we, we see this in kind of in, in, a, in a macro sense in, in what's going on in social media today and politics even. Yeah. But I think it is very important to look outside your typical box. And I think the non-lawyer, if lawyers only ever talk to lawyers, you're going to miss a lot of the world and a lot of the perspectives. Well, for sure. And especially in the areas that we help them with, which... Back to you, my friend. You're not a lawyer. You're not a drummer in Metallica, but I do I like am your not. t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when we record podcasts during right. COVID and I don't have to go into an office and I'm like, oh, we're wearing Metallica today. It's cool. I'm still in my pajamas and there's a pink <laughs> unicorn behind me. Um, tell us what you do. Well, so in 2006, I was recruited to this little company at the time called Avo. Mm. And I ran their marketing from, I think when I started, there were six or seven people there. And, you know, they, they turned into a 400-person behemoth. They've since recently kind of fallen off the uh, off, off the <laughs> SEO map. Yeah, a little bit of uh, sad trombone going on yeah, there. Yeah, sad trombone um, for sure. But uh, when I was at Avo, what I enjoyed the most. And I think people end up doing what they enjoy. 
I enjoyed marketing Avo through educating lawyers about SEO. And my very first, you, this was in Florida. My very first presentation was called The Death of the Yellow Pages. And I had this hour-long argument with a large group of lawyers <laughs> about the yellow pages at versus the internet. And basically spent a ton of time over years and years and years educating lawyers about how online marketing works, how SEO works, how PPC works, blah, blah, blah. And finally, I was like, I really like doing this, and I'd rather do this directly with attorneys. And so I started Mockingbird. Um, we've been around since uh, 2013, technically. And we only work with lawyers. We do all sorts of marketing. But ultimately, it comes back to that business perspective, right? And so none of this marketing is important if it doesn't really serve the business. And I think in a lot of situations, we miss the fact that the marketing should be serving the business aspects. And we get caught up on stupid things that are unimportant. But ultimately, marketing is a business tool. And yeah. if it doesn't meet those objectives, who cares, right? Yes, I agree. So it sounds to me like maybe marketing might be simplifying what you do because I, I think that a lot of really good legal marketers, actually, the goal is client development and engagement, not just marketing, right? Like, hey, don't just recognize my law firm name. Actually, let's get some business out of this marketing. And I think that's a big piece that, that we miss a lot. Well, some of the, the funny thing is, and this has evolved for me over time, I'm, I'm an SEO guy. Like that's my personal thing that I really wish was a bigger thing and I could do nothing but that. But now I run this agency, so we do all sorts of things. As time has evolved, as the business has evolved, as our business has gotten bigger, as we work with, with larger and more sophisticated clients, what I found is many of the needs for lawyers does not lie in, I need a better pay-per-click campaign or I need to rank XYZ for this specific vanity term. But it's like, you guys are terrible when you answer the phone, right? Or you don't know how, like here's another concept. You don't market to your ex-clients as referral mm -hmm. sources, right. right? So there's there's all of these other facets and people tend to have a very finite perspective of what marketing is in the legal world. And it's really has not that much to do with you rank X, Y, or Z for this term or your bounce rate is that or, or should I have a blog here or a WordPress site there? It's, it's so much more than that. And I feel like I've, I've enjoyed having my agency grow to accommodate all those different facets that lawyers are dropping the ball on. Um, and it's, it's been, it's been kind, of a, kind of a fun journey that way. So yeah, it, it is a much bigger picture. Yeah. And a journey is a good way to put it through our careers because that's what I feel I have certainly had over the past 20 plus years of helping lawyers. Let's do this. I want to tell everyone that we're going to make this a two- podcast series because I just know we're going to have a lot to talk about. And part of that being that I want to sort of take it back to the basics. I'm going to ask you to define a bunch of terms that I know we're going to use over the next hour or so worth of airtime. And our goal is going to be to give lawyers, whether they are new lawyers, established lawyers, or thinking about starting their own law firm, the basics for asking the right questions about getting their website set up and then using their website for marketing. Right. So let's start with, what's the difference between a blog and a website? Ah, uh, that's, y y this should not be a debatable point. <laughs> what you're, we're we're going to get into controversy on question number one. Number one. one. <laughs> okay. So let me go back to what the traditional answer to that is. And then we're going to use technology to really answer that question. Okay. 
Okay. So traditionally, a blog is a much more informal conversational approach to talk about more kind of topical issues. And it's it's conversational in nature. A website is more online brochure where this is what we do. This is my profile. These are the practice areas that we work on. Here's my office. The interesting thing is, from a technology perspective, and you will hear people say you need to use WordPress, you need to use WordPress, you need to use WordPress. They mean that for their website. WordPress is actually, and it started out, the history of WordPress is a blogging platform. It just happened to be a really good blogging platform. And so what's really happened is as, as technology has evolved, as WordPress has gotten better, it is the de facto standard for blogging and websites. Now, the reality is, Blogging really is just another form of content, and I want people to kind of separate in their minds the notion that these are two fundamentally separate things. It's more of a tone and a timely issue with regards to thematically what your content looks like as opposed to one or the other. So I hear a lot about content marketing, and you just said a blog is about content. So is my profile on my website considered content when it comes to content marketing, or is my blog and what I'm talking about and writing about or video blogging about my content? So you need to go to the user's perspective. Are they looking for Adriana? Then your profile is content marketing, right? And so when you think specifically about name search, and we're getting kind of deep into the tactical side of things, but if someone's looking for you, Adriana, you need to make sure from a content marketing perspective around you, the person. When they find me. When they find you, where they find you, how they find you, did they find someone else and then find you? If they find you, are they seeing an advertisement for your competitor? All of these things come into play, right? And so to get, again, deep into the tactical side of the name search, if someone's looking for Adriana Linares, you need to make sure that you control as much as you possibly can that experience, right? So do they land on your website? Can you can you leverage Facebook to try and drive traffic to people who are looking for you? Can you run LinkedIn? You had a session, the last session was on LinkedIn, right? Yeah, that's actually why I thought about you because I loved that you wrote somewhere, uh, it was either Facebook or on Twitter. Someone put the, the last podcast I did with Dennis Kennedy yep. and Allison Shields and you just one very simple sentence, you wrote LinkedIn, the least known, most powerful form of non-SEO marketing or something? What was it's, your comment? Do you it's remember? It's name search, right? It, okay. it, is, it is super, super powerful for name search. When I started, we started with Avo. When I started there, I literally spent three years of my life understanding how the algorithm, Google algorithms applied to name search, right? Like, and so by name search, you mean you are searching for my specific name, Adriana Linares, Conrad yep. Som. Right, Not um, legal technology trainer, not legal marketing expert, not personal injury lawyer. It is your name. Okay. Name search is not your law firm's name, you the human. And so think about where this becomes really important for a solo, especially a new solo. You've just left your law firm. People are still looking for you. I've seen this happen. So, th- and this gets really, gr- this can get really gross really quickly. Oh, this is a good story, right? So they leave their big law firm, they go out yep. on their own, and people are just looking for them by their name, trying to figure out where they went and how do I contact this yep. lawyer. An old law firm keeps the profile up of, let's call her Mary Smith, right? Mm-hmm. So Mary Smith's profile stays up on old law firm. I I look for Mary Smith, I find old law firm, I call old law firm, and the right. answer that I get is, Mary's not available right now. Is but, there anything we can help you with? 
We have right? another lawyer who might be able to help you. Bingo. And that is garbage. I'm not sure uh, what our what our PG rating here is, so I'll tone it down nicely, but that's awful. And I <laughs> have, by you. the way, Thanks. I, <laughs> I, I can be polite when I'm a guest. I told you that. Um, or at least well-mannered. But so I've seen that. I've gotten involved in, the, I've gotten in the middle of a lot of these issues, right? Okay. So, I mean, as the new solo, you need to really think about this. Now- um, So tip number one, do not let your law firm keep your profile page up longer than the day you've walked out the door. And it's not just your profile page, right? So there's so we started talking about LinkedIn. Like you need to go back and think about when someone's looking for you. And so think about you're going out on your own, right? You're going out, you're embracing the nobility of the American entrepreneur. Everyone wants to support you. People know this. It's a beautiful, noble thing. And they look for you and they can't find you, right? Or they look for you and they find you where you used to be. That is your worst case scenario because if you're an amazing lawyer and all of you think you are, you're probably not all amazing. There's no like Wobegon effect here. But if you're an amazing lawyer, you should get a lot of referral business, especially when you step out on your own because there is that nobility of the American entrepreneur. You can blow that by getting those referrals, those referrals vet you online, and then they find the old firm or they find a competitor or they can't find you. That is a disaster. So while we're on this track and before we go back to standard terms, I just want to close the circle on this. If I'm thinking about leaving my law firm, what should I be doing ahead of time? Aside from, okay, let's forget the profile page for now because it's something I'm just going to make sure is taken down when I've left. But let's say I'm giving myself three to six months to go out on my own. Yeah. Got to fill out my LinkedIn profile, make sure it's claimed, yeah. right? Okay. So I almost don't want to answer this question because this is specifically the... I give different answers based on who I'm talking to. Sure. So give me I'm a generic. You, I'm, no, no, I'm going to give you the two answers because it's okay. important to understand the nuances. All right. The first thing that you should do if you're going out on your own and you're at a big firm, I would create a Google My Business Practitioner listing. At, while you're still at your current firm? Yes. Got it. Tell us so, more. We'll dive into this. So let me move out of legal and explain this in the medical field because it'll start to make sense to you and you can understand how Google thinks about practitioners. If you are looking for a, a heart surgeon, right? You're not specifically looking for blah, blah, blah hospital. Any old heart surgeon will do. You're looking for Dr. Jane Seymour. Jones. Jane Seymour. Okay. You're looking for Dr. Jane C You're Seymour. You're an ape. She is the best heart surgeon and you've been referred to her. Okay. And she happens to work at my sisters of good mercy hospital down the road. You don't care about my sisters of good mercy. Right. You only care about Jane. So Jane can have what's known as a practitioner listing that's specifically around Jane. Okay. Now the, the nuance here is that is Jane's. It is not my sisters, the human. It is not my sister of good mercy. Right. And so that profile can do things like build up positive client reviews. That's an asset that you, Jane, owns, okay? I didn't know Google, I guess I just hadn't thought about having your Google My Business page as, let's say another example, you're using doctors, but immediately I think about hairdressers because when my hairdresser leaves the salon, I'm immediately trying to find her or him. And I know they're just at some other salon in town. So it's kind of the same example. So I know absolutely nothing about hair. 
So let's be clear here. <laughs> I, can, I can see why. I have a hair video. for podcasting, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, everyone. We're, we're on video and Conrad has actually has never had hair. He has hair on his face sometimes, but not on his head. So yeah, you know, okay. But the example is so, the same, I think. So here's the thing. I am fairly certain that Google doesn't do this for hairdressers, but for professional, and this is like, sorry, hairdresser. If there's any hairdressers listening, I apologize sorry, for yeah. smirching your profession. But for professionals I, like I lawyers and doctors. Yeah. Um, it does. And so interesting. So how do I find that? It's exactly that issue, right? Where you want that hairdresser, that heart Mm -hmm. surgeon, as opposed to where they happen to work. Okay. So so, when I go to Google my business, is there a way that I choose professional practitioner versus? You can create a practitioner page there. Excellent. Um, Okay. And so that's, that's a really valuable, because what you want there are the reviews that start to build up under your profile as opposed to your firm's profile. Yeah, that makes sense. And this so is why sense. I didn't want to answer your question because usually I'm talking to the law firm and I tell the law firms, whatever you do, discourage your practitioner pages. <laughs> because what you're doing is you're enabling them and you're paying them to build up a Google reputation gotcha. that they can take and walk with. And it. so there, there's a tension here. Um, and it, it gets increasingly nuanced around this. But that's one thing that I would I would recommend. Okay. The other thing I would recommend is do amazing work while you're leaving. Not just for your firm and not just because it's the right thing to. By the way, it is the right thing to do. Yeah. But do amazing work. And what I want you to do is build up six to 12 months of clients who think you are absolutely amazing. And I'm going to come back to this concept of the nobility of the American entrepreneur. When you hang up that shingle, that's your referral source. That's your review source. And and I would go out of my way to over-deliver, be amazing, and- Be responsive, be overly communicative. All of, be- Get those bills out on time. All those things, like just be amazing while you're leaving. The worst thing you can do is be complacent and screw your clients because you're kind of got one foot out the door. Yeah, like that is, I mean, be a bigger person for starters, but from a marketing perspective, that's a disaster because what happens is you leave and go out on your own, and then your referral sources. Those are your primary referral sources, right? And 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 more than anything, you want to depend on those people as opposed to paying people like me tons of money to do your marketing for you. So those are kind of my going out on your own things. That's awesome. Those are two very good pieces of advice. And before we talk about those terms again, I want to make sure and circle back. Let's take a quick break and listen to a message from some sponsors. As the largest legal-only call center in the U.S., Alert Communications helps law firms and legal marketing agencies with new client intake. Alert captures and responds to all leads 24-7, 365 as an extension of your firm in both English and Spanish. Alert uses proven intake methods, customizing responses as needed, which earns the trust of clients and improves client retention. To find out how Alert can help your law office, call 866-827-5568 or visit alertcommunications.com forward slash LTN. The legal industry is undergoing a fundamental transformation, and the Daily Matters podcast is here to give you a competitive edge. In Daily Matters, Clio CEO Jack Newton interviews prominent legal experts to explore how solo and small firm lawyers can succeed in the current economic environment. To listen, visit clio.com forward slash daily or subscribe to Daily Matters wherever you get your podcasts. 
Okay, so Conrad, you just gave us two super valuable pieces of information, which was claim your individual professional practitioner profile on Google My Business. And two, if you are getting ready to leave a bigger firm, this is not the time to slouch and to slack off. It's actually probably a time to work even harder so that when you do announce your departure, you have a good referral network behind you. Yeah, and the reviews. Like, I want to hit that again. Do that amazing work, and then when you hang up that shingle, you can ask for those reviews, and and your clients will want to support you if you've done an amazing job for them. And you've never, there's almost never a better time to convert review requests into an actual review than when you start out on your own. Awesome, because they want to help. Your they clients want to help because you just help them, right? And you know, I think it's hard too for attorneys to ask for reviews. Before we go back to my terms, which we're going to, I swear, eventually, but it's just such a normal flow going. Can you tell me um, some suggestions you give for asking for reviews? Do I hire one of these review companies that help me gather reviews, or do I just send an email that says, hey, can you write three or four words for me that you wouldn't mind my using on my website? And or could you go to Google? How about Yelp? Where? How do they get reviews and where are the best places to put them? So this is going to sound corny. But the best way to get reviews is to be an amazing lawyer, right? And there's no amount of marketing or systems or emails, this, that, or the other thing that will change that. And so, you know, let me, on the, on the flip side, I, I had this now ex-client who called me up and he's like, Conrad, I got this terrible review. I need you to get it taken down and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, you're mean to me all the time. <laughs> That's why you're getting terrible reviews. You're probably mean to your clients. And he was. And I didn't say, and, I, and I'm, I'm being polite, I didn't use the word mean. Um, he's now an ex-client, right? And you're like, you, you can't, I can't fix you being a jerk. So, right. so start there. Let's um, not be a jerk. Good advice. Yeah. So from there, this becomes a very individual thing. And I, I, I have wasted, I'll, I'll be honest, I've wasted thousands, tens, maybe let's call it tens of thousands of dollars of my client's money on systems to try and automate the process of generating reviews, okay? Here's the deal. Legal is very personal. You're asking someone to really- Put themselves out there. I was, Thank you. I was gonna say get naked on the web about sure. something that's really personal, but like they're really putting, if you're dealing with a legal issue, you're yeah, dealing true. with something very personal. It's not like an undercooked pizza right. or the, the, the size nine and a half was really a size nine and you're pissed. This is really personal. You're making a huge ask in asking for a review. So to send that as an email for me just doesn't work. I don't like these automated systems and we've tried them. But my bias here, a very strong bias, is to do amazing work and then make that request. And you can do things early on to try and make that happen. You can do things like early on in the intake. Listen, Adriana, customer service is super important to me as a lawyer. The most important way that I measure that is what my review profile looks like, which is probably why you came in, probably why we're sitting down today. I'm sure that had a lot that went into, into the, your mm -hmm. consideration set. So as we move along, I want to make sure, and you don't have to leave a review, but I wanna make sure that if you were to leave a review, that it would be stunning. And if, if we ever get to a point where that's not the case, let me know, right? Because I want to have any problems that come up, I wanna surface those as quickly as possible. So that you can set that up. now. The downside, the flip side here, and I know every single lawyer is saying, are you out of your mind? Because some clients are crazy. 
right? Some clients are absolutely nuts. And I work with lawyers. Some of you guys are absolutely nuts. So part of your review process is when you see that red flag, just recognize that that's probably a negative review waiting mm-hmm. to happen. It's not just a pain in the ass of a client. It is a negative review just bubbling under the surface waiting And they're to more likely to write a negative one than a positive one. So you've got yeah. to cut that off at the pass. And I have never, I've been working, I've been working with lawyers since 2006. I've been running, I, we've, I tried to count this the other day. We've, I probably run over 300 law firms uh, over the last, you know, 10 years. I've never seen that freak flag and been like, <laughs> ah, maybe, maybe she's going to be fine. Maybe I'm just overthinking this. Go with your gut. You, I've never, ever seen the false right. positive, Right. What, what what you miss are like, oh, she seems, you know, she seems like an amazing client. And then, you know, two weeks in, she's crazy. Like that happens. But I've never had it the other way around where you're like, wow, maybe, maybe, maybe we should just give him a chance right. because it's yeah. all, they're always crazy. Right. So that's another part of it. But um, my, my very long winded answer to your very simple question is this is personal. And I would make it a request in the beginning. I would I would set this expectation in the beginning. And then I would make the phone call. And it's a phone call. It's not an email. It's a phone it's call a- saying, hey, can I send you a link? And will you, do you mind posting a review for me? Yeah. They're going to say yes. And then what about, someone said to me, is there a way to automatically post my Google reviews to my Yelp page? And I said- So Google doesn't uh, like this? Yes. That's, that's what I said. I said, Google don't like it. So yeah. how do we choose? Because- I, I, I know that Yelp probably isn't where most people go to find a lawyer, but it comes up in a search. So yeah. do I strategize so that I A-B test clients that might use Google versus might use Yelp? Or do I just go 50-50? Or do I just go all Google, forget Yelp? Or any other directories? You actually go with the client. Okay. So let me touch on Yelp really quickly. I hate Yelp. You hate Yelp. Everyone hates Yelp. Everyone who owns a business, there, there are no business owners except people who own Yelp who love Yelp, okay? And that's fine. People use Yelp. Get over yourselves, okay? So depending on where you are geographically in the country, people use Yelp to find a lawyer. So get over yourself. Two, claim your profile, fill it out. Like you're gonna get bombarded by salespeople. Just get over yourself, Okay be a part of that ecosystem. And, and it depends on where you are in the country. In, in, Yelp is very inconsistently represented across the country. But if you're, in a, if you're in California, Yelp is big. And so recognize that that's part of it. People do use Yelp. So point number two is Yelp specifically will not publish a review from a first-time reviewer. So if you start out on Yelp, you've, let, me, let me paint this differently. You've just been an amazing lawyer. You've done a great job of being a lawyer, you've been accommodating, you've been accessible, your, your, your litigation has been just, you know, a masterpiece of, of lawyering. And you send a client to Yelp because that client, he is so absolutely unbelievably grateful. He sets up his Yelp profile so he can review you. He writes a review and it gets filtered out because it's his first review. Oh, gotcha. So my bias here is let people review you where they're comfortable. Good. If they're a big Yelper, go Yelp. If they're not, have them on Google. If they're very concerned, and this is one thing where I do think Avo is helpful. Legal is personal and private, and you can leave an anonymous review on Avo. On right? Avo. Uh-huh. And, and that's the only major director where you can actually leave that anonymous review. What so, about Facebook? 
On my Facebook page. Game on. Yeah. Okay. Like, like these are, let people review you where they tend to be. And there, there might be one exception to that. You get the flaming review, right? You get the loony red flag that you just ignored because you needed the money and you get the negative review and they're bonkers crazy. The second best way to generate reviews online after starting your own business is in response to a negative review. So here's a little tactical idea. Instead of asking people to review you all the time, maybe you wait until you get that loony review, right? I have a couple clients who do this where they're holding on to hmm. seven or eight or nine really happy clients. To, and, and, then the, and then the review request looks very different. Or you make the review request and they ignore it and then you can go back to them later on. They say yes and then they don't do it. Mm -hmm. You can then go back to them later on and say, listen, I know we work together. My business really has been negatively impacted by this bonkers crazy reviewer. And if you could help share your experience in working with me, I'd be most grateful. Okay, oh. it's another really great way to encourage people to help you because people do want to, especially if you've helped them in a legal matter, they do want to return that favor. And so that's a great way that's very, very pragmatic. It's very real. And it's frankly, it's very raw. And people get it, right? And that's another great way that I like encouraging people to leave reviews. Excellent. Oh, it's very good advice. Let's take one more quick break, listen to some messages from some sponsors, and we come back. We're talking terms, okay? Talking gonna, to, well, we will get back to agenda point <laughs> one. <laughs> we'll be right back. Artificial intelligence won't outpace lawyers anytime soon, but lawyers who use AI are already outpacing lawyers who do not. With Ross Intelligence, lawyers conducting legal research leverage AI to get to the heart of legal issues fast. Ask a question on the Ross Legal Research platform and Ross will return on point case law. Go to rossintelligence.com today and get a 14-day free trial. Use promo code LEGALTALK for 10% off. LawClerk is where attorneys go to hire freelance lawyers. Whether you need a research memo or a complicated appellate brief, our network of freelance lawyers have every level of experience and expertise. Signing up is free and there are no monthly fees. Only pay the flat fee price you said. Use rebate code NEWSOLO to get a $100 Amazon gift card when you complete your next project. Learn more at lawclerk.legal. All right, we're back. I've got Conrad Som from Mockingbird Marketing, one of my favorite humans. I feel like I say that about all my guests. Well, I wouldn't have a guest that wasn't a favorite human of mine. Fair. Um, so thanks for coming. And wait, before I forget, you've got a podcast too now. We Let's, do. We tell do. me more. So Lunch Hour Legal Marketing, very, Lunch very happy. Lunch Hour Legal, legal Marketing. marketing. Mm -hmm. yep. Me and Geet On the Legal Talk Network. On the Legal Talk Network. For family. So, and this is why I have all this cool hardware, which I'm super, super enjoying. So yeah, no. Guy and I have been talking legal marketing for a very long time privately, yeah. and finally he's like, this is ridiculous. We should be talking as a podcast. And so, yeah. Share your So we're doing a podcast. We, we've had some really interesting things that, that, that we've talked through. So, and, and our promise here is very, very tactical legal marketing. And, the, and, and I think that's what you're getting from me. Like we, we, we're trying to go into these terms that we want to talk about. And yet every time we do that, we yeah. move into these highly tactical elements. But easy. They're tactical, but they're simple. That's it's so simple. So simple. All right. Let's talk about some simple terms. I just go. want to cover some real quick ones. Bring it. You have said several times SEO. And at this point, I feel like everybody knows that SEO stands for? Search engine optimization. But okay. 
search but, engine optimization. And it, it gets faceted and it's become more faceted. So I want to really break up for you in your, in your mind. SEO, I call it the art and science of showing up for things that people are looking for. That's basically what we're talking about. However, and this is where I wish I could rewind a decade because I really loved what I will call organic search, but it's Yeah, really, I need you to define organic versus yeah. non-organic too. Yeah. Those are two more terms. So are you going to cover those and, yep, and tell yep. me about so, SEO? Okay, we're going to hit like so, three of my terms. If you think about search, right, and basically it means the, for me, the three different facets that will show up on Google. There are three components to this. You have typically at the top, the ads. That is paid search, PPC, um, Google ads. PPC stands for pay-per-click, which means when somebody clicks on that ad that Google served them because of your campaign, you are going to pay for it. Correct. Okay, Correct. go. So that's, and that's, that is at the top. Under And this is for most legal searches, although things that are very high up in the funnel, things that are very informational, like how do I check the status of my H-1B1 visa, right? Um, that may not actually get what is next, which is the local search. And by local search, it's the map with the pins in it. Okay. okay? So we've got pay-per-click search, organic search, and now you've got me on local search. So so let me, I'm, gonna, I'm literally going to walk down the page. We've got PPC okay. up top. Mm-hmm. Then you have the maps. And if you look for a pizza restaurant, you'll find the maps with the pins in it. Now, one little faceted nuance of this is that you actually can have an advertisement show up in that map. So the the, the bastardization of maps and advertising <laughs> has fully happened. Okay. Um, so you can actually advertise within that map if you do things correctly. Underneath that, and this is what I personally love, and the fact that it's at the very bottom just makes me sad every single day, but there's nothing I can do about it. Uh, is what's called, or it used to be called just SEO or now it's organic search or natural search. And that is what shows up underneath. Now, those natural search, organic search listings for legal are dominated by the directories, which sucks. Okay? So when I'm a brand new lawyer who's just, I mean, a new lawyer that's spent four to six months getting ready to go out on my own, and I've bought my my last name, LinearisLawFirm.com, and I've done all the right things, there's a chance that that's where it'll show up. There's a chance. There is right. a chance. <laughs> We're going to talk about that too. We're going to but- talk about like what, what requires to go in each of those components. And when people are doing that name search, right, because you've been a great person, you've gone out on your own, you're getting all those uh, goodwill referrals, there's a chance that depending on your name, if someone's looking for you, they can find you. My name being very, very unique. There's only one other Conrad Sam alive in the world today, and he's like a 14-year-old kid in Germany. It's very easy to find me. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you're a lawyer named Thomas Brady, mm. you have a problem, Right. right. If you're a lawyer named Robert Shapiro, you're one of, I believe the last time I looked at it, it was 23 different Robert Shapiros practicing law today. So you have a different problem. So, th- so like, there's nuances around this. But again, you have PPC up top, the local search underneath that with some ads in, and then underneath that you have the natural or organic search. How do I get my website on organic search? So this is a, I mean, we could talk for a month about this. I know, sorry. So we don't there's a couple a things that we need to think about. And so I think what we'll do is look at this strategically for a law firm, right? Can you even get on there? And right. I think that's the first question that most of you don't even ask. Let me go back to Tom Brady. Can my 14-year-old go out and play for the Patriots? No. And some of you are 14-year-olds 
thinking that you can try out for the oh he's not in there with the Patriots anymore. He moved down to Florida, right? I forget these things. I'm not really a football guy. For me, football okay. is played with your feet and it's mostly I um, understand. Anyway, you get my point. You know I'm from Uruguay. I know. So we can we can go down that path. Totally uh, good. Anyway, I dig we, we we are digressing. As usual. The so so what you need to think about, and I think most firms don't have this conversation in their heads, especially people starting out, is can I show up in those search results? How do I get past those directories? I think you can't. You don't. And okay. this this so this this has sucked. This and is I have realistic expectations being this. set. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So think about that that in, in the organic search, you have 10 listings. Okay. Typically, depending on the search, four to six typically of those listings are directories. Avo, and we're talking, right. I was just gonna Yelp, say Justia. Fine law, lawyers.com, Justia. Really smart people who've been working on the, on this for a really long time. And so, you think you're gonna start out as a solo? Go. What's your question? Do I want to be in the directories? Yeah, absolutely. Because they get traffic, right? Okay. And people, so again, I'm going to go back to name search. You're starting out. Directories do really well with name search, right? And I would say the big ones, and Avo used to be amazing at this. They may still be great. I don't know. They used to be amazing. I know this because yeah. I did it. Um, <laughs> I don't know how they're doing right. <laughs> See, not humble. Someone just wrote down on their notes, Conrad <laughs> is not humble. It's okay. <laughs> um, so they may still be good at it. Facebook great on name search um, as a name search place. Uh, Lawyers.com, Justia. Uh, LinkedIn is amazing for name search. Twitter does well for name search, again, depending on your name. But play the game, right? Play the game. Don't so, ignore the game. You may hate it. You may hate the game, but, but play, play the, the game. game. So I know, Avo, you claim your profile for free. Do you know what about the other main directories, like Feinla, eh, Justia? Uh, can you at least claim your profile for free, or is there always a cost involved with those? Most of the time, the ones that you just listed, it's free. Most okay. of the time, the directories want content, and they want you to claim, and they want to show engagement, right? Because that encourages the more content they have about you, the more likely they are to surface, so, the more traffic they get, blah, blah, blah. And by that, you mean like on Avo, they want you to answer some questions. They want you to post an article. Are the other ones the same? So specific, so we're getting, we're walking down a path here. With Avo specifically, I'm talking about name search. So they want a filled out unique profile. Okay. So just okay. claim your profile but and fill it in. Those questions that you just talked about, answering questions on there, that is a great way for Avo. And by the way, I never thought this was going to work and I was completely wrong. That Q&A forum is a great way for Avo to get the legal community to build their content for Avo, right? Mm -hmm. And so you need to think about whether or not you want to do that. Okay. Good, good tip. But... And, and by the way, I don't actually mean don't do it, right? I just mean you need to know that pick. you're doing it, right? Okay. And so think think about that specifically. So the, most of the directories want you there. So so they they will encourage you to claim your profile because frankly, as soon as you claim your profile, that is a a qualified lead for their sales department, right? <laughs> right. So enjoy that. Just know what um, you're getting into. Maybe know you what use you're a, getting into. A Google Voice number for that no you don't listing. no you don't no 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 you have to you, use your real number you use your firm's primary oh, number that sounds terrible okay because the directories drive data into google system to google. help whether or not you show up on that map and so okay. this is a side but important note that i think we should pin home or what's the word i'm looking for drive drive home, home. pin home I don't know. Pin the tail on the home. Jesus, it's Monday. <laughs> um, 
you want to have consistent information across all the directories. So you want to have the same address, the same phone number, the same zip code. You don't want it to be no suite and then suite 22 on Google versus going out to Moz and it's just an address without a suite. Is that right? Correct. Name, address, phone number, consistent. Consistent across all platforms, Facebook, LinkedIn, everything. Two nuances to that question. Okay. Okay. One, your profile should be different. Take the time to write a great creative profile for each of these things. Because Uh in having unique profile content, you can control what shows up when someone's looking for your name. So if you have unique content on your law firm website, which is unique to your LinkedIn profile, which is unique to your lawyers.com listing, the likelihood that Google shows those listings when people are looking for you is much higher than if you just copy and paste it. So that's one. Number two, and this is something that most people don't understand or or even know, most agencies, I would say, are kind of, not all of them know this, you can use a tracking phone number in your Google My Business profile mm-hmm. to show whether or not the phone is ringing from that from local listing. That local you listing. also need to include your primary phone number, but that as the there's primary a, There's a difference phone number, between primary versus tracking number. And so in Google, you can have two numbers listed. You can have a tracking number listed because Google wants you to know how much business you're getting from them because they like Mm -hmm. you to send lots of money to them. And tracking Um, number means what it sounds like. I'm able to track the calls that come in because they're specifically ringing on the line or coming through the phone number that I have listed specifically on Google. Does it cost me more money to have a tracking phone number? Just the cost of the phone number. Okay. And Yeah. No, it doesn't. Great. I mean, it's not something I want people thinking about. Okay. Back, I just want to go back to a point you made a moment ago, which was you want to have unique content on all these different listings. Yeah. Or unique information on the profile, but not your basic data about your location and your phone number and stuff. So what do you mean when you say that? I mean, so like, so- So I'm don't gonna, copy I, and paste your bio? Don't, don't copy and paste your bio. Okay. And I would go through the process. By the way, most of your bios lawyers- Terrible. Are really boring. Oh, so boring. Really boring. I will give you a reference. Megan Hargroder does Uh a lot of story work. Um, She does amazing profile bios. Conversationsdigital.com. There you go. So I love her. her. She does a great job writing amazing bio content. Most of you are so stuck on convincing people that you're a lawyer. They already know you're a bloody lawyer. They want to know who you are. And a great bio will tell them who you are. I don't, and I don't care who that is, right? But the person behind the lawyer is so much more important than I was captain of the debate club in my life, right? So get out of that. Be who you are. Let that come through. And you guys have a massive resistance to letting the person behind the law degree come out. Some of you don't. And you're shining examples of lawyers who don't. Most of you are so stuck on marketing yourselves as being a lawyer and looking as lawyerly as possible. It's just get past yourself. Got to figure out a way to shine. And yeah. just copying and pasting someone else's profile and replacing it with the college you went to and the law school you went to. And yeah. your accolades is not necessarily the way to go. Correct. I knew we were going to run out of time. So what I'm going to do now is wrap up this episode and bring you right back so that we can get to my terms. 
and ask you <laughs> a couple of other basic questions. Before Great. I let you go on this round, though, please tell everyone how they can find friend and follow you. And don't forget to give us one more pitch for your podcast, where I'm sure you and Guy get into all this stuff at a much greater length and depth. So I'm glad that we're just going to cover some basics yeah. here, but then I can point everyone to your podcast for really in-depth conversations about all these little points. So it's Lunch Hour Legal Marketing is a podcast. Um, and you can find me. I am very, so we talk about name search. I'll use this as an example. I have a very unique name, Conrad Som with two A's. And you can find me on Google. There's lots of ways to find me. My company's mockingbirdmarketing.com. Um, you can find me that way. But if you can't find me, I'm doing a terrible job. If we can't find you, this the internet is broken, <laughs> yeah. is really the problem. All right, everyone, we've reached the end of this first of two episodes. So I want to make sure and tell you that we'll be back with more from Conrad. I knew this would be a great conversation. If you like what you've heard today, we'd really like a great rating from you on iTunes. And of course, if you like this podcast, please share it with everyone else that might be interested in learning more about running a better law firm and practice. We will see you next time. And remember, you're not alone. You're new solo. Thanks for listening to New Solo with host Adriana Linares. Tune in again to learn more about how to successfully run your new practice solo here on Legal Talk Network. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Workers' Comp Matters is a podcast dedicated to exploring the laws, the landmark cases, and the true stories that define our workers' compensation system. I'm Judd Pierce, and together with Alan Pierce, we host a different guest each month as we bring to life this diverse area of the law. Join us on Workers' Comp Matters on the Legal Talk Network.